Well, hello, everybody. This is Brian and Lynette Wolf, and you're on the Gold Club Monthly Call. Okay, our first call comes from Teresa. Teresa, please go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, hi, Teresa. How are you? Hello. Hi, hi. How are you? Good. Welcome to the Gold Club Call. Thank you. Are you guys in Jacksonville or no? No, we're in Arizona. We, oh, I don't know. I, I guess I assume that most of you know us because. Yeah, uh, we should do a brief, a brief introduction, yeah. honey. Well, yeah, and we actually have a business in Arizona. We actually have known Ron for about 14 years and actually taught alongside him for the last 12 years. Anybody who goes to the Quick Start Real Estate School, which obviously if you guys have not been to the Quick Start Real Estate School, that is kind of all the basic training for this business and the pretty houses, and, and we do a lot of, ton of deal structuring. And Lynette and I called your deals live on the first night. Um, so that's a great event, and there's a bus tour and everything. So that's where Ron teaches for four days. Now, Lynette and I are always at that, and we're going to be at the summit coming up too. So some of you guys have heard about the big summit, and that's going to be a real spectacular event. And so Lynette and I are pretty much at anything Ron's at, and we have been teaching with him and, and, uh, for a long time and really loving it. We have actually have our own business in Arizona. We right. We're in Arizona here, and we average six to eight deals a month. And uh, we actually were the king and queen of automation. So um, we have a very successful, lucrative business here in Arizona. We've actually closed over $95 million worth of real estate transactions. But we met Ron Legrand, like Brian said, um, almost 13 years ago, and he changed our life forever. Yeah, prior I mean, we that, owe we him everything. Been... We love him. He's awesome. So he's asked us to go ahead and take care of the uh, the call tonight um, because he's running his uh, Christmas party uh, for his uh, employees there at Global Publishing. So what's our what's well, your question, Teresa? Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, I met Ron way, way back, and I, I studied some of his materials. I've done the uh, quick start. I did the wholesale course. I've come to his office and did some stuff that I'd really like to get a lot more active. Oh, great. Um, anyway, I have so a have question closed, on the Pretty House. Yes. Pardon me? Have you closed any Pretty House deals? Have you done those? Well, no. That's why I have a question for you tonight, because I hey. haven't done any uh, Pretty House uh, deals yet, which, you know, I've been sending out letters, yellow letters, and different marketing tools I've used that I've learned from on. And, uh, you know, I get calls, but uh, I guess I'm still missing something. Anyway, I've got this one... Um, person that called off of one of our, our mailers and it's a real nice condo here i'm in clearwater okay and you know we have real nice condos on the water right um it's a it's, it's probably it's worth about 350 and it's free and clear now they wouldn't do any owner financing and i submitted an option contract that i think i pulled it down off of uh the gold club Sure. And uh, he was very leery of the contract, so I went to a little bit more simpler contract and then couldn't get him to sign anything. I mean, he doesn't want to list with a realtor. He doesn't want to sign anything. It's just really bizarre. Well, how does he expect to so, sell the house? If he doesn't want to sign a contract to sell it or list it with a realtor, he just wants – is he just looking for an end retail buyer? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's looking for an end retail buyer, which is the reason I put the option contract in it. About ten thousand more than what he's got it list or no, the option contract was ten thousand less. He's got it listed for three fifty. We can purchase it for three forty. That was the agreement because that's about what yeah. we paid a realtor. 
But he wouldn't sign the contract, so I don't know a way to get around oh, that. Oh, but, you know, there's know. no real money in that deal t- for you anyway. I mean, if you yeah. sign – normally if you're going to sign an option deal where it's just a straight right. option – listen, obviously uh, with the way we mo- make most of our money in the pretty house business is we get time. And if you break it down to its simplest factor, that's what it is. We buy ourselves time at least two years. I, I want you guys always shooting for at least two years, even if it's a sandwich lease option. Uh, we like three years at, on a sandwich lease option. And we, if you're going to buy it with owner financing, at least a five-year balloon. So by you know, signing a contract like that, now here's the thing. The trick of this is you've got to find a seller who's patient. And if people are getting frustrated, like, oh, I haven't found a seller who's patient, this is a matchmaking process. And how many, uh, you know, frogs do you think you're going to have to kiss before you get Prince Charming? <laughs> uh, it's right. Gonna, you know, and I, I know, invariably, when we get down to it, my, my one question that I ask is, how many leads did you get last month? And if you say to me, uh, 30 or 20, anything above 20, then, I, then I'm saying good job. You know, a 20, 20 is sort of like a minimum. But if, if you say, well, I got five leads last month, then you don't have an, a big enough sample, you know, of, mm-hmm. and you haven't found – it takes a little bit of digging to find the right deal. So, um, right. And now you do need somebody who's going to be patient. This guy's uh, – you're never going to do this deal. Not, he's unreasonable. He, he, if he only comes down 10000 uh, and you're trying to do an option, normally you guys, you got to get maybe, I don't know, 40 or 50 or something. You need a decent spread where you could go out and sell it to a cash-out buyer and they think they're getting a deal. Okay, so that's, right. that's how you're going to do an option. A lease option is where we get time. A lease option or if you're buying it subject to, that's a form of owner financing or just straight owner financing on a free and clear house. Remember, the longer you can get, the better. So if you can get an owner financing deal, and, and sometimes you bring up balloon, but if you can get away with not bringing up a balloon and you just say, hey, we're going to do this loan amortized over 30 years, and you get a 30-year loan, we're shooting for 3% normally now. So we're, when we're pitching right. these deals, these owner finance deals, we're normally saying now 3%, we'll pay you 3%. And, you know, we would pay, usually it still makes sense to pay up to like 5 or 6%, but that's what you're going to target. And if, you just, and if you can get 30 years of financing at 3% from somebody, and we just did a deal like that like three days ago, uh, that's very valuable. It's almost more important than the actual purchase price of the house. Sure, that makes a lot more sense. That does. Yeah. yeah, and on the leads, I I did realize I need to get more leads. Maybe just sending more letters out. Yeah. More calls. But right, yeah. and and definitely uh, come back to the Quick Start Real Estate School for free the first year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's oh, yeah, always where is that a great be? refresher. Um, we actually uh, the next Quick Start Real Estate School we have is January 2021 20, 20, uh, 20 through 23rd in Los Angeles, California. Uh, we do one a month. Uh, Ram the Grand does one a month. So um, we've got okay. them all across the country, but that's our next one. Yes, and definitely bring in leads to those because, like I said, we okay. do these live calls the first night, and Lynette and I both get up there, and we are closing people's deals. We closed a bunch of deals. One guy left with four contracts uh, from just this last event that we just did in Jacksonville right. last week. So uh, it's it can be wow. you guys can get your first deal just coming at, to the quick start with leads. Yeah, and oh, awesome. um, so you can come back for free for the whole first year, and would love to see you again. And obviously, you can go okay. to 
You can go to, uh, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, the Quick Start Real Estate School, if you go to ronlegrand.com, and there's a little tab called Live Training Events. Just click on the little tab there. You'll see something called the Quick Start Real Estate School. Okay. So now, right. thank you very much for the good question, Teresa. Anything else on that? Okay. I uh, know that's great. I'll uh, keep all that in mind that you gave me. That was wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye. Hope to see you soon. Okay. Who's okay. up next? <laughs> Ariel. Okay. Our next call comes from Ron. Ron, please go ahead. Hey, Brian and Lynette. It's Ron Crothers. How are you guys? Ron, Ron? California. He's on you? the call every month. We are so proud of you. And guess what? <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. You are doing so fabulous. We're so excited for you. Yeah, I haven't been home yet, so I haven't sent you guys any lead sheets, but I figured I'd tell you uh, about the deal I just did, uh, just for the newbies. I got a house worth 430 which is what I sold it for, for 400000 with zero interest financing from the seller plus taking out the loan. I got $9,000 down, um, which is a little less than I wanted. Mm. Uh, but I got a payday on the back end, and client gave me the depositing cash and actually just paid her the January rent because she thought she was going to be out of town. So. Uh, wow. And, Ron, um, you, you can go ahead and let them know it's because of your awesome mentors. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It is because of my awesome mentors because, look, I, I had been in mentoring, and then I got reengaged, and I've been trying to sell the house for three months. And just I just didn't know what I was doing. So when I talked to you guys, literally one phone call, tweaked that for me. I immediately got a seller in a couple of days later, and the rest is history. So it, re- it really did help out. That is awesome. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad you were able to get back with uh, the Wolf Couple. So, um, Like I say, guys, you, you set yourself up for your profit when you buy. I mean, you know what your spread is, and any time you can get some free equity, that's what you're shooting for. Now, I will tell you, as the market heats up in most areas, that it's worth it to go for thinner equity margins. Even if they're giving you, if you think it's worth 200 and they're willing to give it to you for 190 even though that's probably more than, it is more than what they would net out if they sold it through realtors, even then, you know, it's going to be worth it because you're going to turn around and sell it for probably at least 210 if you're in a good farm area. So you built in a $20,000 spread. Now, if you take the first ten grand that walks in the door, like Ron, and that's great, though. Guys, don't be, you know, I mean, uh, Ron Legrand at the events, he wants you to take, you know, wants you to try it for 40 uh, $40,000 on a $400,000 house. He wants you to go for 10%, and that would be great. That would- yeah, but let's face it, you know, in the real world, if somebody walks in and... Well, and, and like, Brian, you make a good point. Ron from California, you know, this is his first deal, and he wants to get those paychecks going. And once you get one, it's like a snowstorm. It's like a blizzard. You'll get another deal and another deal. And another... Yes. Am I still alive? Uh, if yes, so, you are, Ron. Thing to add. I have, out of that, I also got four other buyers that have at least $10,000. Hey, uh, I was just going to ask you that. I was just going to ask you that because that's a big key. The first house a lot of times triggers, you know, like Lynette says, the snowstorm when the buyers start coming in. That's awesome. Wow. There's more to it than that. I just had a little bit of a shorter fuse than I like, which is why I went with this buyer versus one of the others. Yeah. So anyway, wanted to share. Thanks a lot. You guys appreciate the help. Yes. Thank you, Ron. And we'll be seeing your daughter um, in California next month. So. 
Got it. Yes. And you do the All business right. with your daughter, right? And a whole bunch of leads with her. Yep. yep. She'll be there. She's bringing her husband. So. Yes. Hey, congratulations, Ron. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Good job. Okay. Who's next in the queue? Okay. Our next call comes from Hugh Wells. Hugh Wells, please go ahead. Hey, Hugh. Oh, he's got some leads. Yes, ma'am, I do. And I have a question here, though, too, uh, that falls right along with those. Uh, I'm in Texas, and I'm I'm kind of leery on the uh, the Dodd-Frank mess that happened that says we have to own the property before we can sell one. So my question had to be uh, to Ron. Uh, I've got some properties that are under lease option contract. What kind of paperwork do I use to get it to my tenant buyer? Okay, now, Hugh... Are you saying that uh, you own a property or you have a lease option on a property? I do have or? a lease option. I do not own them. Oh, okay. This is well, before the uh, Dodd-Frank? Yes. Well, he, here's the thing. When does your time uh, run out on these properties? How I, long I always put 120 days on them, minimum. No, but, I mean, how much more time? You lease purchase these houses from somebody else, right? Yeah, I have, not, uh, uh, I have not gone to closing yet on any of them. Okay, but you are currently lease purchasing these houses from somebody else, right? No. I have them oh. under contract, and that's it. I don't oh, I I, own them. Okay, now what, then that's good because I want you to switch horses midstream here. You're not going to buy these properties on a lease option. The problem with the, buying a property in Texas on a lease option is that you cannot charge a non-refundable option deposit, and that's a key component of our whole program, of our lease purchase program. Uh, you, and you can't. You need to own this, the house in Texas. The good thing about it is Texas closing costs and transfer costs are extremely inexpensive. So you can take ownership of a house really cheap. Are you talking about these two deals that I have in front of me, Hugh, with Dwight? Uh, no, I haven't even uh, put those yeah, under no, contract those are yet. Separate. Okay. Yeah. Well, so um, if you have these properties under contract, what I want you to do is, uh, I mean, you you have a agreed upon purchase price, correct? correct. Okay. And then, uh, what is the lease purchase period that the person was going to give you? That the seller was going to give you? What was the term? Uh, un- for the uh, for the period of the option, is that what I'm asking? Yeah. Asking. That's right. How long did he give you to option the house? Uh, I have uh, 120 days from the date of the contract. Okay, well, that's not very long. That's not you long enough. Get, I mean, you want to get three years or at least. That's that's what I want you guys shooting for a minimum. Okay. 120 days, that gives you four months to turn that property around. Yes. That means get somebody in there who's not qualified and get them qualified and get them bank financing. Uh-huh. Otherwise, in four months, you're going to have to come up with bank financing, and that's what we want to avoid is you putting your name on a contract and a mortgage with a bank. Or cash, right. Want to get the whole key to this pretty house business is you're using other people's money. Now that other people's money might be a mortgage in your seller's name that he says, Yeah, it's okay for me to leave that in my name for a while. Remember, we're trying to buy ourselves time. If we can get them to just give us two or three years. Now, four months is just too short. So if the seller says that, then we can't even work with that. You know, need another seller. But if you you know prevail upon them to to be more patient, then it would be great if you can get two years minimum. You know I can't say that we've never done it for one year, 
but you're really under the gun because that means you got to put somebody in there and you really got to babysit them and try to get them qualified. Which yeah, that's when we send them to Paul Ritter, ScreenTheTenant.com. They'll have to get screened and qualified in one year and babysit them like crazy. I understand. Yeah, now if you guys didn't get that, what was that website, Lynette? Screen, ScreenTheTenant.com. It's right. Paul Ritter. Now, that's the guy that we use for credit repair as well. So first of all, for 50 bucks, he will, you'll turn in the application of the person that you're about to put, sell to the house to, your tenant buyer, and then for $50, he'll do a background check, including a criminal check and everything, and uh, give you a report back and also tell you how long he thinks it would take that person with you know, diligent application to qualify. So that means if they have rough credit, how long is it going to take them to increase their credit score? Uh, he, they are very good at getting people's credit scores up 50, 60 points. Right. So if you have to get somebody qualified quickly, then you would, you know, babysit them a little bit and keep them on credit repair. It costs 99 bucks a month for six months to, to stay on credit repair, and some people will actually pay it. I mean, if you have a big back-end payday coming, and if your person doesn't qualify in time and you're going to lose out on your big back-end payday, it's worth it sometimes to, you know, even pay for the credit repair if that's Understood. Understood. I don't want to uh, take anybody else's time, but I wanted to also ask about uh, we can do still uh, assignment contracts in Texas. Is that correct? Sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can still assign the contract. Everything we have is assignable, so you can always just take an assignment fee. What I don't like about that, though, is that it's a one-time shot. I mean, you right. one payday. If you can set these properties up. Now, I don't abandon these. You know, I, Do you think you're going to be able to persuade this guy to just sell them to you with owner financing? Versus yes, I, I think so, yes. Okay. And did you agree to give him anything down? Not yet. I wanted to see what uh, Ron was saying about those two before I... Uh... Okay, don't give him anything down. Got if it. you avoid it. And you're just going to say, um, you know, just negotiate the best price. And when it comes to down payment, this is what we, what we say on the phone. We say, so the first payment we're going to make you is when we send you a check for the first monthly payment after we close. You understand that, right? Got it. Got it. So when you say it, when you say it that way, if they say yes to that, basically you've negotiated no down payment because you told them the first payment you're going to be giving them is the check that you send them for the first monthly payment on the house. Right. And they've yeah. agreed to it, see? Correct. Good. I don't want you guys jumping in there and saying, uh, now this is a nothing down deal, you know. No seller wants to hear that. Right. Nothing down. It makes it sound like you're a scam artist or something. Right. Well, you know, I, I would rather, pref you know, prefer you don't even talk about it except the way I just told you. So. Right. Thank you so very much. You bet. Okay, so uh, your first lead sheet, did you have a question on that one, Hugh? Um, my question would have been how should I handle it when well, I – I'm looking at both of these. Look, this guy, his asking price is 92.5 on one of them. Your comps are 49000 down the other one, he's asking 69500 and your comps are 58000 Correct. So it looks to me like he's overpriced on both of them. He's free and clear. And what I'm looking for when I look at a lead sheet like this is one of the main things I look for is that yes, and he does say yes on this, so he's open to owner financing. But then when I look down a little bit further, it says reason for selling investor. Now, if it's an investor, 
you know, and he's, he's pushing the asking price, it's pretty doubtful I'm going to do business with this guy, okay. at least on these properties. Now, right. if he gives me some, you know, if he gives me nothing down and, uh, you know, if it's free and clear, so everything is up for grabs. But also your rent comps are really low, like 183 a month on one of them and 216 a month on the other. Right. Those can't be right. Are those right, Hugh? Uh, yes, uh-huh. It's two-bedroom, one-bath, 800 square feet. It's real small. We really want to get you up in a higher price range yeah. at the point. But here's the thing, Dwight. I mean, he's asking, I mean, Hugh, he's asking ninety two five for the one that uh, only pays 183 a month for rent. I, that just makes absolutely no sense. So are these condos or something weird? Uh, no, they're just older houses. Okay. All right. I, I would be. I would question the area. Well, yeah, that's what Brian was just saying. Getting into a, a farm area where there's some more money than this two-in-one price range. Now, one of the main things that is important for your success, for everybody's success, is where they're working, and that's your farm area, as Lynette said. We both used to be realtors, so you heard that term uh, thrown about a lot, uh, your farm area. You need to pick an area that you want to work that's going to be rewarding in terms of pricing. So everybody should be looking for an area that's usually for pretty houses 150 and up. Uh, I don't mind if, uh, now if your area is like generally higher priced, 250 to 350 is okay, that's good. Just remember, you're going to make some kind of percentage off of these deals. And if you're working on a $100,000 house, and it's as much work as doing a $300,000 house, you make three times more profit just by virtue of, you know, that's your percentage of profit, then why not do work in the $300,000 houses? Plus yeah, it's the same amount of work, just bigger paychecks. Yep. <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world what you're saying. Thank you so much. Oh, you okay, thank you, Hugh. You bet. Great, great questions here. Okay, Ariel, who do we got in the queue? Okay, our next call comes from Randy. Randy, please go ahead. Oh, yes, Randy. Hey, Randy. Randy? Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing great. Hey, Randy, can you hear me? Sure can. All right, awesome. Okay, yeah, I sent in a – I hope you got those lady sheets I sent in. Uh, I, I've got, I'm looking at them right here. Okay, I know they're kind of might be kind of hard for you <laughs> to decipher with all the writing I have on there. Hey, which stuff, but... which uh, did you have any general questions or did you have specific questions about the deals? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of general questions also. Uh, okay, what's your uh, general uh, question? And I bet okay, it will reflect uh, on these deals. Okay, I've been kind of having some like on, going on. Where do you guys get your comps? I mean, you guys probably have access to the MLS, but you yeah. Know. Yeah, we actually um, we do have access to the multiple listing service. Um, even though we're not real estate agents anymore, um, we have on our dream team a real estate agent. So now we also obviously everybody can go to Zillow.com. Uh, you're familiar with that? Z i l l o w Zillow.com. Um, oh, what's that? That, that's where I've been going, but the problem is, like on a lot of these properties lately, uh, like a bunch of them in Amarillo, Texas, where I was looking, they don't show any any comps on some of those houses, and I don't know what's going on with that. So I think on yeah. both these lead sheets here, it didn't show comps, and I had to go try to find you know different places for them. Right now, there's a, a small pay service, you know, like thirty five bucks a month, uh, RealQuest.com. R-E-A-L-Q-U-E-S-T, realquest.com. 
I'll, I'll um, tell you what, everybody needs a realtor on their dream team anyway, so it, hopefully you guys are starting to branch out and talk to some of the realtors in your area, and you're going to call them off your signs, you know, just uh, just to find out what the average price is and stuff and how long things are on the market, and you're just going to bump into realtors the more you go around, and you're going to call them and talk to them about certain properties. Now, I, t- I will tell you that if there's a property that's been – for sale for a long time, you can ask the realtor if the owner or the seller would consider some kind of a lease purchase. And it's amazing how they actually get on board with it. The only key there is you're going to have to figure out how and when to pay the realtor. And usually their broker is going to want something up front. So sometimes it's worth it to pay them. Uh, But now when you're working with realtors, one of the things they're going to be able to do is run comps for you. Uh, they're not going to uh, – some of these realtors who are advanced have assistants and stuff, and some of them, you know, frankly, they'll give you their MLS code and just let you run stuff yourself sometimes. So, you, But you should have somebody on your dream team, so be looking for a realtor to help you pull comps. Zestimates are, you know, it's a little hit and miss, uh, but, you know, you can look up uh, housevalues.com. You can go to a couple different sources. Yeah, there's a couple other free websites, uh, housevalues.com, epraisal.com. It's E-P-P-R-A-I-S-A-L.com. Um, you can go to uh, – there's quite a few free websites uh, that you can go to. But like Brian said, the best source is if you can get connected through the multiple listing service somehow. And, of course, bottom line – uh, once you get kind, we don't want you spending too much time on a lead sheet first off until uh, you can ascertain obviously that it's a prospect and not a suspect, meaning it's worth your time to even try to come up with the comps. But once you get a ballpark, if you put it under, um, do the paperwork, take it to the marketplace, you're going to find out real soon what it's really worth. Well, and, and we never risk thing. more if than really $10. If you really can't figure out how much it's worth, you just need to drive the area. And everyone that's close, that's listed by a realtor, call. And this is where you're going to be talking to some realtors. Call these realtors and ask them what's the, you know, how, you know, be upfront and say what's the DOM, what's the days on market, what's the asking price. And uh, if the days on market is more than 90 days or, so, or even 60 days, ask them have they had price reductions. So then that's going to start giving you, and, and what's the square footage in bedroom and bathroom? So if you know those things, you know if it's a comp, and so you know you know what they're asking and how long it's sitting around. You guys generally want farm areas that are where the days on market is like 30 to 90 days. You almost don't want them if it's zero to 30 days if it's too hot. Okay, um, so did that answer your question, Randy? Yeah, the yeah. Question? question about the yeah, comps. What's you got another yeah. general question? No, I, I'm good. Well, let me I, say I one more thing about comps, guys. At some point. A house is worth what? It's what what one willing and able buyer will pay you for it. Okay, so that's uh, that's where sometimes you tie up a property, you know, and you test the market. Uh, remember, you got a little bit of time to do due diligence off your contract. So the second you get a house under contract, you know, you can throw some ads out there on Craigslist and stuff and see if there's, you know, if you hear crickets chirping then, you know, maybe you paid too much because you're going to put a price in there. So, you know, but if you get a big response, you go, wow, okay, you know, three people are calling and wanting to see it. And and then you say, well, it's not quite ready to show yet, but, you know, uh, but remember, you got to have it under contract, and you don't show it till it's ready to show, and you don't put the 
address in the ad. Okay, when a seller's in there, nobody should ever know that. That's a good point, honey. Okay. Good point, Brian. But that's you don't even ever put the address in the ad, you said? What's that? What did you say about that? not putting the address in the ad? You said you don't do that, right? Hey, don't put the address in the ad, even if you have it under contract, until it's totally ready to show. You know, and like now sometimes the seller will agree to let you show it while they're in there. It's a little tricky, but the nice thing about that is by the time they move out, you might already have it, you know, sold. So you don't, you know, by the time you're taking possession, you don't have to worry about vacancy. So that's the plus side. Uh, the downside is you got to work it out with your seller. They got to keep the house looking nice, and a lot of them don't want to do it. So usually you're probably going to wait till they move out to actually put it on the market. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what's your? Okay. You want to talk about these leads specifically here? Yeah, yeah. I just want to go over those uh, with you guys. See what you think. That that one. If you want to start with the one uh, in Amarillo, the Chad Carr. Yeah. The owner. Okay, that one was kind of tricky for me trying to get some comps because uh, that was one of them on Zillow. You know, when I scrolled down, it didn't even it didn't have any comps, and, right. and then the, the estimate shows 489. He had a, an appraisal done three to four. I asked him how old it was. I talked to him again today. I've talked to him about three times. He's highly motivated. So he uh, said he has a 487 appraisal three to four months ago by the Amarillo National Bank. Did he have a uh, did he have this thing under contract to sell? Why did they run? No, I'm going to go. I'm going. To, I'm going to go meet him tomorrow and look at the house. Okay. 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 Just so the the other students know what's going on here, the seller owes four twenty five on the mortgage. Um, he's willing to sell for four sixty nine. Um, oh, he's 450. willing to sell for four fifty actually. And you've got this. Oh, and it's the way you got it in the con. In right here, it says if we work it out. And close whenever you want. What's the least you would take? Four fifty. So he, yeah. he's going to take. Oh yes, and he said yes. He'll do owner financing. This is awesome. Yes. Um, now, your you have his estimate for four eighty nine, but there's no comps in that reflect that. Is that what you're saying? No, they didn't even show comps. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I went on Zillow, and sometimes Zillow will have you know you scroll down to get the comps and it says you know Look, they have me, the, yeah not every zillow listing is all together either hey randy um do you is there a fair amount of activity in this market in that you know little localized spot where this house is or is there very little activity i don't i'm not for sure uh to tell you the sure. truth i mean there there's a lot of houses around there oh, okay so it's pretty yeah. there's there's plenty of houses in there so it's like yeah, a regular yeah, yeah. neighborhood it, it, yeah, it's a, it's there's plenty of houses. Okay, okay, that's I, I think I think this house though is is a, like a is is a higher priced house than the the average houses in this area though. Yeah, well, that's possible. So, you know, this 4,500 payment yeah. that includes I, taxes and insurance. You have pretty I'm are these That sounds high, really high. Yeah, that's a high payment. Is that a Yeah. Is that That's right? That's real high. Yeah, I, I asked him a couple of times on that. He said that, see, the deal is on this house is he bought it from the straight from the builder, and the, the builder actually has a house right in the same neighborhood that he lives in still. And I think he did some type of financing with the builder. Uh, I'm not for sure on that. This guy said. Okay, well, here's, here's, okay, let me give you my feedback on this real quick. All right. There's some things you need to find out when you go out there tomorrow. Um, one thing is, 
It's a three-bedroom, four-bath. This is a three-bedroom. That's what, yeah, that's what, I, unless, yeah. That's With 3,400 square feet? It's, yeah. That's so That seems a little odd. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, you'd hope for at least four bedrooms. So try to figure out what the deal is yeah. with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, apparently it's just sitting there vacant, and he's making these payments, and he's still current, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, and yeah. uh, when you go out there, you need to find out, has he ever tried to rent this house out? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not for sure. Uh, he he had it on the mortgage. He's been trying to sell it for a year. I mean, okay. Here's the other, here's what you need to find out on this mortgage. What kind of mortgage is it? Who is it with? If it's with the builder, does it have a balloon payment on it? Everything has got to be structured around this financing. I don't like the financing that much, but you need to figure out what's going on with it. What's the interest rate? Is it an adjustable? If he bought it from the builder, sometimes you do have some quirky financing, and you already know that there's something maybe going on there. So you're going to be taking that financing over. So remember, uh, if it's some crazy financing, you got to know that going in. Everybody, this is for everybody. Guys, anytime you take a uh, house subject to, or even if it, you're taking it owner financing, but it's close to what the underlying mortgage is, you better know what the underlying mortgage is and know for sure if there's a balloon on it. So I want you always to get the copy of the mortgage and the note. That it's actually the terms are going to be written out in, in the thing called a note. Okay, and it's going to say note on top, and it's going to give interest rate and payments and all that stuff. So if, and it will tell you if there's a balloon or not. So if you figure out this financing, here's what is possible, though. Anytime you have private financing, anytime you've got financing, owner financing in this case, like if the builder extended this guy financing, then that's owner financing that essentially he's going to pass on to you. Now, if he passes this on to you, maybe you can renegotiate it. Okay, so if you say, look, this, you know, I want to buy the house. This guy, it's been sitting there for a long time. I don't know how, you know, motivated the builder is going to be to do that, but you got to figure out, you know, the whole story of the financing. So you got to go out yeah. there, and you know, if he's uh, he doesn't even live there, he's not going to automatically bring his paperwork. You should email him and tell him if he has any information or paperwork on on his mortgage or insurance or anything to please bring it with him. Is he meeting yeah. you at this vacant house? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he has two other houses. He lives in, he has another house in Amarillo and they also have a house uh oh about a hundred miles from Amarillo where they stay sometimes so Is he looking he, to sell either of the other ones? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, there's just some questions here, and uh, it could be a great deal because here's the thing, guys. You know what? A lot of times it's the quirky, weird deals that are the good deals, and it's because it's a little quirky or something that people haven't gotten it, you know, like the realtors steered clear of it or whatever else is going on, and sometimes that's the deal where you step in and and like folks who, you know, uh, it's their house is just messy enough with the carpet and the paint and maybe it doesn't smell so hot. And so they've tr shown it to a realtor or two and the realtor go, well, you know, you got to put some kind of effort into fixing this up or it's just not going to sell. And they're not wrong, but the person doesn't want to do it. And they, you know, and so you appear and you take it over just as is and they can move out and you, they, don't even, they don't have to show the house or anything or fix it up. So you're usually going to deal with some kind of quirky situation 
and that's where the money comes to, out of it. And so this deal could be really good. I just, you know, there, once you answer some of these questions and about the financing primarily, and maybe if if we could do something with that financing to get that payment down, that would be yeah. that would be really awesome. Okay, so yeah. what about the second deal? Okay, uh, yeah, Mark Carswell, McKinney, Texas. Uh, yeah. He, so uh, he's asking uh, three nineteen, and you got him down to three hundred. That's good. Yeah. And uh, but his estimate's like two ninety six. Was there comps on this one? No, there wasn't any comps on that one on Zillow either. I mean, there's all, all right. ton, there's tons of houses around it. it. Just didn't show. All right. Them. Well, you need to do some research, and you know, do, uh, all of you guys should be in like some kind of rear group or something. And if you've got a rear group, uh, some areas, believe it or not, are much better on Zillow and better on Trulia or some other comp source. Uh, so you can try different things. And also when you're networking with other real estate investors in your area, it's just good to find attorneys and stuff like that and uh, sometimes uh, contractors and stuff like that. So um, so he owes 100000 on this one. Oh, oh, here's the one other question on that other one, though. Now, because he owes 425 and yeah. he is agreeing to sell it to you. He's agreeing to sell it to you for a lot more than that. So the other thing is you got to make you ask him if he's going to wait for that spread. Okay. Yeah, I asked him that. He's fine with it. He's okay. Fine All right. With no down payment. Okay. So this other one looks like uh, you know if you can, that payment is super low. If you can negotiate a low enough payment on that other one with the owner financing, that's how I approach that one. Obviously, uh, it's in Texas, so you're going to buy this on owner financing, and then you're going to lease purchase it out. I would. You got it at 300 right now. If the estimate's 296 in this price range, you know I'd be probably market up to two, you know 320 or maybe 329.9, depending on how hot the area is. Uh, yeah, a little patch hot. up cosmetic work and try to get 20 down. Yes. Yep. Okay. That's a pretty simple one. Yep. And again, this one also has to wait for that spread. Because there's, you know, uh, quite, you know, two hundred thousand dollars spread essentially. So find out about that. All right, good deals though. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good questions, Randy. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. You bet. Awesome. Those could be both good deals. So. Yeah, those both sound like good deals. Ariel, how many people do we have in the queue right now? We have five remaining in the queue. Okay. Hey, um, probably five is all we're going to be able to take, so if you could cut it off, that'd be great. Okay. Our next call comes from Matt. Matt, please go ahead. Hey, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hello. Hey. Did you send in a lead sheet or you got questions? No, I just have a quick uh, general question. Sure. All righty. I have a property, ARV of 620000 asking price of 600 he owes approximately five hundred thousand, and he's agreed to sell it with owner financing for five hundred ninety. Um, he needs fifty thousand cash to purchase another home. How do I approach this? Uh, you have to come up with the fifty. Uh, is he buying another house with regular bank financing? Then it sounds like it. Yes. Okay. You know, here's the thing on downs because that wrecks this whole deal, obviously. Um, even if people agree to owner finance or lease purchase and they agree to give you the two or three years, the last piece of the puzzle on the matchmaking process is they can't ask for too much down. And they can't need too much down. Now, if they ask for too much down, you can work with that. 
because you can work them down, and then eventually you can say, look, I'll go out, take it to the marketplace. I will get the best I can get, and I'll split it with you. And if they won't go for that, you say, I'll give it all to you. You know, and then you bring them a good buyer and they take it all and your whole, you make all your money on the back end, which isn't such a bad thing if you're not really crushed for cash flow. Obviously, you want to get as most up front. And usually uh, my, I do play with percentages sometimes, and it's just good for little you know, earmarks. You want to try to get 10% down if you can get it. In these higher-priced properties, you know, 600000 you're probably not going to get 10% down. But if you can get you know, 20 or 30 down, that's pretty good. But if you have to pay the seller 50 down, then it's no good. So this is, and the question is, does he really need this money? And if they really need the money, then, that, then there's no deal for you unless, okay, here's your one way to work, work around this. You need to get somebody to finance this for you, or you need to put your own money in. Now, obviously, I don't want you to put your own money. Right, we don't like to do that. No, um, if you could get fifty grand down, seriously, I mean, if you, I mean, and maybe if you waited long enough, you could get fifty grand down, and you could get this guy his whole fifty. But let's say you could get forty, and you say, okay, it's worth it for my profit margin. But you think it's worth six twenty, and you're buying it for five uh, ninety, so you got a thirty thousand spread here, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially, the seller is saying they want fifty thousand now and forty thousand on the back end. Right. Because the mortgage is 500. Right. So he's going to wait for the 40. But if the only way that you can get this 50 uh, is you're going to have to get it from a private lender. Now, there's different kinds of private lending. Uh, some private lenders will loan on like an ugly house and they'll give you a 60% LTV or 65% LTV, something like that. And you, you need to get enough money to buy the house and also have enough money to fix it up with that private money loan. Okay, so that's one kind of private money. The other kind of private money loan is these fillers at the top of a, a deal like this, where your LTV's out of whack. This isn't, you're not asking somebody to, to finance up to 65% LTV. But what you're telling them is, look, if you could, give, if you could finance $50,000 for me, uh, and you explain the whole deal, I mean, you're going to have to be pretty transparent on this. You'll explain the deal, and you'll say, this is the profit margin or whatever. I mean, if you can get away with not explaining the deal, and, just, and they trust you enough for you to just say, look, you, give, you know, loan me the 50000 I'll secure it by a lien against this property that I'm doing the deal on without sharing the numbers. And, you know, you'll get, and I will pay you if I can carry this for, blank amount of time, and it depends on how long it's going to take you to get your person cashed out in this deal. But let's say if I, I will pay you in three years, I'll pay you a 20% return per year. So if you're paying them 20% return per year, you're going to pay them a little over 80000 at the end. So, uh, you know, but if your profit margin's there and you've had a good spread all the way along, you're not going to do the deal without that anyway. So they're going to profit you know, a 20% return on their money is very good, and, uh, you know, it's a lot better than anybody can get. You could probably get it for a lot less. I mean, you could, depending on who you're talking to, you could probably get it for 10%, but I'm doing an extreme example because most people would jump at the chance to make a 20% return on their money. Okay, so that's the other kind of way that you can bring in uh, private money to try to finance a deal like this. Yes, and another approach you can do with a seller in this scenario 
you can actually go back to the seller and you say, guess what, Mr. Seller, instead of giving you $590,000 purchase price, instead of me buying your home for five ninety, dollars uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get you fifty grand down. So what I can do is I'll go ahead, I'll even, since it's worth six I'll even pay you five ninety five dollars or raise the price slightly on the purchase price. But um, I, I would only give you like ten or fifteen thousand down now, and the rest when we cash out at a later date. How does that sound? Well, and that's where the person doesn't really need the money because my first question is going to be: if people are asking for large down payments, sometimes people in this price range they don't need the money. So sometimes it's just oh, somebody they read a book once that said you're supposed exactly. to down if you sell on owner financing. So, so if you ask, my first question out of my mouth is: what do you need the money for? So if this guy legitimately needs, that's why my first question is, can he not pay less than the 50 down? But if he's going through bank financing, it's probably a no. So basically, you know, that's, but Lynette's strategy works great if people want the money. But if they need the money, uh, we went over the only yep. strategies that you can really go to. That was a very good question. I'm sure all the students enjoyed that one. Yep. Yeah, I, I asked him why he needs the 50 and if he actually needs the 50, and he said he needs to uh, to do repairs on the new home that he's going to be purchasing. So okay, he actually does yeah. need it, is what he said. Yeah. One All right. I mean, if you want to get super creative, you can tell him, well, take out a uh, a home equity line against this house for fifty, and I'll take I'll take it over. So okay, that's one great. more quick yeah. question. In in the event uh, a deal like this where it is owner occupied. Yes. I know you alluded to this with another caller just a couple a uh, couple people ago, and. How do you show a home or how do you sell a home when it's occupied? Uh, you have to make an arrangement with the seller that you're going to have people coming through and you're going to call them and you're going to give them a warning, but yeah. they have to be available and they have to keep the house nice. And someone's yeah. going to have to be there. Yeah, and, and someone from your team has your to show team. it, has to meet them there and show it. Right. Right. Okay, great. Good Perfect. question. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye, thanks. Ariel, who do we got in the queue? I did want to mention real fast before the next queue person that uh, somebody was asking, I just got an email from uh, one of the students, as far as if you're not a Gold Club member, um, just go to ronsgoldclub.com. It's ronsgoldclub.com. It's just incredible. It's replete with information, anything you could possibly want. And it's only like 59 bucks a month. Uh, so I would go to ronsgoldclub.com. Yeah, and if you're a Gold Club member, you can get the code and, and ask questions, turn in deals and everything, and we can talk about them. And So that's great. So who do we got, Ariel? Oh. Ariel? We lost Ariel. That's the same name as The Little Mermaid. All right, guys, you, so the big three ways you're going to buy pretty houses are subject to uh, owner financing and sandwich lease purchase. Now, there's little differences there. In Texas, you'll only buy them on owner financing. You won't buy sandwich lease purchase. And also, if your, your transfer taxes are really expensive in your state, you're probably not going to buy with owner financing because you're going to do a sandwich lease purchase because it does not trigger the transfer taxes if you're just buying lease purchase. You're not taking ownership in that. Ariel? Oh, oh wait. Hold yes, on. I'm here. Okay. Could we have yes. the next person in the queue? Yes, our next call comes from Mike. Mike, please go ahead. Hey, Brian and Linda, it's Mike and Kathy hey. from Boston. How you doing? Oh, hi, Mike. Hey. How are you doing? Nice to hear from you. 
Nice to hear from you guys as well. Hope to see you at the at the uh, event in Florida. I'm not sure if we can make it, but we're going to try. Anyway, um, I have a general question for you guys, um, and it's kind of like a long question here, so here I go. So for people who don't have a VA, what do you say when calling the sellers for the first time? I mean, every time we have one of these calls, Ron, you, you folks always have a, have a lead sheet. Well, those lead sheets ultimately come from a VA or something like that making the calls. For folks who don't have the, who can't afford a VA or making these calls for the first time, what do you usually usually say in order to get them? And with, and with regards to um, you know talking to sellers, you know, do you approach those sellers as a buyer or do you say something to the fact like you know, well, we work with a lot of these purchase buyers who need terms and time, and and. And when you say stuff like that, it's okay. kind of... Okay, I, I know what you're asking. Just, All right. Yeah. So, you, have you seen these lead sheets? You can get these lead sheets on Ron's Goal Club. Have you actually seen this physical lead sheet? Of course. I've been to the quick start with you. Oh, folks okay. Oh, I didn't know where you... I, you Catherine didn't and Michael, yeah. So. so, in terms of that, I mean, the VAs just follow that lead sheet and ask the questions off of that. I do have, you know, a few that, things. And and it's very conversational, isn't it, honey? I mean, it just says asking price and, you know, A, B, and C, reading the boxes. So you just call. To answer your question, you, you're looking to uh, buy a house in the neighborhood, and if they say, are you going to move in the house, obviously you're not. Um, and that's when you say that uh, your specialty is working with what's called lease purchase buyers, and you continue to read the script and let them know that you want to buy the house yourself. And that um, um, this brings up a really good point. We, we, Lynette and I did an, uh, an event recently called Leads to Deeds, where all we did was live seller calls for two days, and it becomes very clear when you're working with people, any kind of seller, they need to know who you are. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to, everybody on the call should come up with a three-line real estate investor bio. It's your little biography that you're going to say. One line should be a credibility line. Basically, it should say something like. Uh, my name is Joe, and I live and work here in the community. Okay, that's one. So it's tying you down. You're not some hedge fund or something. And then you say your regular job. My, you know, my regular job is blank, and I do real estate investing on the side. It's okay to be a, a real estate investor on the side. Some of you guys might be full-time, so you wouldn't say that. And if you're full-time, you'd say, I'm a full-time real estate investor in the area, and I've been doing it for blank number of years. And you should all say... You know, I've been involved with real estate for a blank number of years, you know, whenever you bought your first house. It's probably been, you know, a while. And then, uh, and say, and then you should finish with something like, uh, you know, and we, we love to help people buy and sell houses, you know, in our area. Something like that. So if you have that three line, I, that's how they're going to ground uh, you to others. When they're explaining to their mom who they're selling their house to, they're going to say, oh, it's this guy who does this and he does real estate investing and he's been doing it for a while in the area. You know, so they have a story. So when you say you, you should start with this story, and at some point during the initial call when you're just gathering information, just put it in where it feels comfortable. You know, and say, and you know, where when it seems appropriate, and then go on. And sometimes you can move right into the closing call right off of that opening call if they seem flexible. Right. Okay. Sounds great. And one quick final question: Do you ever give sellers the option to cancel? Hello. Uh, an opportunity to cancel. I'm not sure what you mean by that. So, so other people 
coaches I've talked to, they're like, sometimes you you it's a, you put a clause in there in the option, like a memorandum of agreement or something, and you say, you know, if okay, I'm going to try to find somebody out in the marketplace in these terms and time to get uh, yeah. so they can buy oh, a car. Yes, that, so we do we have don't that do in contingencies. Three. These are not yeah. contingencies, honey. We, we have that in Clause 3 in the contract, and it's just real simple terms, so we do cover that. Well, okay. um, the, the lease option contract, right. Okay, great questions. I want to try to get one or two more people here. Before we really, I'm glad to hear that you're still out there. That's great, Michael. Yes. We're still out here, yep. <laughs> great questions. Thank you. Okay, who's up next? Ariel? Comes from Alfonso. Alfonso, please go ahead. Well, when that says, we're glad oh, to hear you. Alfonso. Alfonso, hi. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing awesome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Hey, so listen, so my questions uh, are pretty straightforward, I think. Um, I've got a, a buyer for a house that I've got. A, it's a small little house, a little bread and butter. Okay. Um, and um, basically, it's selling for $61,000. Uh, it's owner financing. Um, and because I worked out something with the uh, with, with the seller because it just wasn't moving, we lowered the, the uh, down payment to 1500 and so I'm getting a $3,500 uh, down payment from the buyer. So my question is, I'm planning to sign this because this, this deal is really, really, really skinny. There's yeah. no reason for me to stay in it at all. But I just want to collect the two thousand and you know just you know run with it. <laughs> and so, so my question is, how do, okay, when I meet this uh, when I meet this buyer, what do I do exactly? Like in other words, do I meet him and uh, get a purchase agreement at that point? I mean, do I get the full three thousand five hundred, or should I just get only the, the assignment amount that I'm going to get, or how does that work? Because I've never been to okay. This get the whole amount, number one. If he's okay. going to give you the whole amount, get the whole amount down. Yeah, All right, you want it, you're controlling this deal. Now you have to have the ax paperwork. Have you been to the Quick Start School? Yes, I have. Okay. I have been to it, and I do got the ax program also. I'm just not sure which form exactly to use from there. Okay, well, you just you're gonna go through the buyer and if you're gonna uh, you're gonna need to sign have them both sign a release. Essentially, you're you're gonna sign the long form lease agreement, and it's gonna be between those two now. Remember, you're not even in this, so you're essentially going to be signing. Your agreement is going to be closed by your attorney. Do you have an attorney, Alfonso? Um, I was having a, a title company do it, or is it better if I have an attorney um, do it? You know what? This is such a small deal. You could probably just do it through your title company. You know, this and, is a little bit complicated, and we're right at the end here, and it would take me a couple minutes to run through the paperwork, but essentially you need the long-form lease purchase agreement, and then you're going to need the assignment form. They both need to sign, and the release forms. You need to get release forms from both of them so you're not connected to the deal in any way. Okay. okay now, it's not, it's not a lease purchase deal, though. It's just a straight owner financing deal. Um, well, you're so, I mean, signing an owner financing deal then? Yes. Okay. Well, then you're going to use an assignment of contract form. That's not okay. an act deal then. Uh, if, you, if this person is buying, if you, the new person is going to buy it in their name, you're assigning, uh, and, and they're going to take ownership, so your buyer is going to take ownership. Your seller know this? Uh, not yet, but they are okay with it if that's okay. what it comes down to. Okay, so but then that's a little bit different. Uh, that's like when you do a, uh ugly house assignment, you're going to use the same paperwork because you're going to assign your contract. You need an assignment of contract form, and okay. then that's, and your contract says, and all the signs. 
so you're covered with that. And you're not in the chain of title, so that's yeah. right. Right, right. Um, now, so your title so when I, is going to rewrite this however they want, uh, you know, it, but it's going to be between your buyer and seller and not you anymore. Okay, but now is it uh, is it going to be where, in other words, when I go meet that buyer, do I take the assignment form? Yes, with you're going to take. You're going to bring I, – I can't take any more time with this, but you're going to bring the lease, the long-form lease agreement and have them sign the long-form lease agreement. And don't you sign it. Just have go through the whole thing with them and have them sign the long-form lease agreement. That, okay. That's all you need right away. And the okay, deposit even, receipt agreement because you're going to take their deposit. Okay, so they even need though – even though even though it's not in a, it's not a, a lease purchase. Okay, you uh, know what? Um, we you can email the Gold Club and we'll we'll answer. Yeah, we'll answer it in more detail because okay. um, it depends what you set up. Here and I be talking about paperwork right now. Yeah. Okay, okay but we'll we'll answer your question. Just uh, email in. No, email James at the Gold Club. You got his email, James at Global yeah. Publishing Incorporated. He'll send it over. James to at Global Publishing Inc. and he'll send it over to us. Okay, great. I'll do that, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, who's up? We got time for one more? I think we have one or two more in the queue, hon. Okay. Who's up next? Our, next? our next call comes from Jermaine. Jermaine, please go ahead. Jermaine? Hi, Jermaine. How are you doing? Hey. Jermaine, New York. Yes, and I have a question about Dad Frank. Um, okay. And the I was listening to um, Ron before. I think he was saying something about he doesn't um, give rent credits. So um, I was wondering if you could still give rent credits with Dad Frank, or or not. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I do believe you can. Here's the whole thing, guys. You are not going to fall under the auspices of Dodd-Frank, unless you really, unless you're a dealer, you're really not going to have a problem with Dodd-Frank. And the way you're structuring your entities, just here's the big tip on Dodd-Frank. Don't put more than three houses in any one LLC. I, I didn't want you to do that anyway. You shouldn't be doing that anyway, because anytime you put anything in an LLC, everything in the LLC is at risk by one asset. So, Depending on how easy or hard it is in your state to set up an LLC, you may want to have an LLC for every single house, and some of our students do that. Uh, but for sure, no more than three in one LLC. So that's the big thing on Dodd-Frank. And, uh, you guys, you know, Dodd-Frank was a big, scary thing for a while. And, you know, nobody's out there really enforcing anything. And you, I can pretty much that no small investor has been caught in the web of Dodd-Frank. So, and I think they're, you know, that it's, I, I don't want to get into the whole Dodd-Frank. That's the last thing you guys need to worry about. And you should all have an attorney on your side uh, anyway, helping you with stuff and making sure that you stay on the right side of any, you know, statutes or anything that you may have locally. Okay? That's my big lawyer talk. Okay, thank you for that. Thank okay, you bet. Like a 10-year lease option, if someone is over leveraged, you still do that? Or? Uh, yeah, you know, I'll do a lease option. Uh, if I can get a positive cash flow out of a property, I will do a lease option 
even if I think they owe a little bit more than what it's worth, and I'll stay in it. Um, you know, because I live in a pretty good appreciating area. My farm area is uh, in an appreciating area. So even if I think it's worth 200 and they owe 210 but they'll give it to me for what they owe on it, and I don't have to bring in any money or credit, uh, and I think I can sell it for 220 even if it's a really skinny spread like that, I'll stay in it and not walk away with just, you know, the 10, uh, because over, as long as I can cover the payment, because I just know in two years it's going to be a whole different story on that mortgage. And that's, that's where we're buying ourselves time, guys, coming back to that from the beginning, is with pretty house deals and terms is what you're buying is time, and having that time to pay them off is where we make our money. Okay, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, two parts. Okay. Um, say you uh, say I take a property subject to, for say two twenty five. Okay. And say, say this word probably two fifty. Okay. And I might sell it back for two seventy or something like that. Sure. And the, and the, and the the owner had it for less than two years or something like that. Mhm. With the taxes, how does it work? Does it um do I have to pay taxes from the two twenty five to what I sell it for? Or if I lease option, it's a lease option. You're, you're, if you're talking about what kind of personal taxes you're going to have to pay off the profit of the deal, yeah. you're going to have to pay whatever your regular income tax rate is. I mean, this is a profit. Uh, other than, you know, whatever you can write off, uh, you know, this is regular income to you. Uh, anything you, you make off of a lease purchase. Now, this is dependent on whether you go through a, a C-Corp if you're running the money through a C-Corp, then it's taxed at different rates than you are personally. But if you're running through an LLC like most people, uh, you're gonna, that might, that's a flow-through entity. So whatever cash comes to you is going to be taxed at your regular income rate. Is that what your question was? Um, I, I, will, I will say one more thing on that, guys, is that you can pay long-term capital gains tax if you hold the asset for over 12 months. So if you're ready to sell a pretty house and your lease purchase buyer is ready to qualify, you know, and, and this we run into this before where we gave them 12 months, and so then they wrap up and they get ready in 11 months, and we tell them to wait, you know, for 32 days. Uh, because And we'll even give them prior occupancy or whatever. But it's just, uh, you know, the deal with that is I want to wait the time so I only get paid. I get long-term capital gains, which is much less in uh, tax rate. Okay. So, like from the 225 to the 250, say I sell it for 270, do I pay tax on the from the on the difference, or I pay a taxes on the difference since that person been in the house for less than two years? I know they have a two years thing where they give the. Oh, are you uh, talking about how much taxes the seller is going to have to pay? Yeah, do I have to pay taxes on that amount from the like the 225 that I take it, to so say the 270 that I'll sell it? If you make 50000 no, when you make the profit, so whatever your lease purchase buyer pays you down, you, you're not paying any taxes on money you haven't made yet. So this is just projected profit, this 50000 Okay, you are going to have to, if you collect 25000 of it up front from a lease purchase buyer, you're gonna, that's going to show as profit. So you're going to have to pay taxes on that. Okay, that's all. Okay, but, but until you make that other twenty five. You don't have to pay taxes on that yet. When when you cash out and you actually get the check for that, that's when the taxes would be due on that. Okay, this is the second part. It's real quick. Okay. If my buyer wants to give me more down, 
on the spread that I have. Say I have it. Uh, yes, just save the rest. Save the rest. If you've got a twenty thousand dollars spread and they give you twenty five grand down, you better save the five in a separate account. Okay. You know, just and you can save it in your business checking account, but deposit it separately. Uh, if you can, if you get the whole, uh, just make sure that you save that money because you might have to bring it back into closing. It's unlikely, however because usually 12 months will go by before your lease purchase buyer will close. If they close within 12 months, then you're going to, your profit will be that 20 or whatever, and you, won't, you will have to bring that money back in. However, if you sell it after 12 months, you're going to raise every 12 months. That option only goes for 12 months. In most cases, guys, I don't want you extending an option more than 12 months. So to buy, they can buy at blank price for 12 months. After that, it's going up, 5,000, 10,000 something. So all of a sudden, after 12 months, you raise this option price five or 10,000. Now that you're covered, now you don't have to ever worry about bringing that money back in. Don't negotiate. Okay. Yep. Because you said because you said that about the the years, the 12 months. I was thinking something flashed in my mind about the, the three year lease. Well, yeah, and if they have a three-year, now that's true. Now you're going to sign. They, if you, if they want a three-year lease, that's not so bad. You can give them a three-year lease, but you don't give them a 36-month or a three-year option at the same price. So remember, when we sell to lease purchase buyers, those are two separate documents. We've got the lease, and then we've got the option. It's a, it's an option rider, so that's a separate piece of paper. Now, when we buy on a lease purchase, it's both on the same piece of paper. But when we're selling to them, it's two separate pieces of paper. And with the option, you can write the option for just 12 months, and you could write the lease pay, paperwork for three, you know, three years if you want. But remember, you can, you can write in whatever you want on these contracts as long as everybody understands it. So you can even put in your increases if you want, if you want to write those in too. Okay, so do we want to try to take one more question? I know we're uh, going a little bit over here. Thank you very much. Those were great questions. Thank you very much. Uh, do we have one more uh, caller in the queue? Yes. Our next question comes from Richard. Richard, please go ahead. Hey, Richard, you're our last one. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Hey, uh, hey. I have a I have a question uh, in reference to uh, uh, the cash flow system. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm using an option agreement as my master agreement. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, I've done lease options, uh, but I have a first-time uh, owner financing deal. Okay. Uh, seller, the, the seller owes two hundred three, mm -hmm. uh, two hundred three thousand. Uh, has ninety-seven thousand dollars in equity. Properties worth three hundred thousand, which is what the seller wants. Okay. Uh, it's a, for me. It's an act deal. Uh, I'm just going to basically. What I want to do is try to squeeze like about about five or ten thousand dollars out of it, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and assign that uh, seller uh, uh, seller financing to someone else. How would I go oh, about? Oh wait, doing though. That? Here's the thing, though. He owes. He he's asking three hundred. He owes two o three. So is right. he willing to take three hundred with no money down, or yeah. what does he want down? Because that's that the bugaboo of the deal. If he wants, yes. you know, fifty grand down, this is no deal, and nobody's. You're not going to get any money from anybody. No. So no. Would, uh, the, 
he's willing he's willing to do no money down. No money down. Uh, the, no money down. Uh, the property's been on the market for sale for about nine months. Okay, and, and uh, what what's it is it listed? I mean, on the market like on the MLS? It's not. It's not no, it's not. It's oh, not just like on Zillow or for sale by owner for nine months. That that is correct. And so, what's his asking price on Zillow? Three hundred. Uh, his his asking price on Zillow is 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 three ten. Three ten. Um, well, you know, if it's been on the market that long, I hate to pay three hundred. You know, I'd try to get that price down because you just don't have as much to offer. If you have a kind of a good deal plus owner financing, that's a property you're going to be able to move. But see, you don't even have kind of a good deal because you're going to have to ask three twenty to well at least three ten, let's say. So you're going to have to get it under contract for three hundred, and then you're going to have to go find somebody uh, and get a ten thousand dollar spread. I just don't know. You know what? I look at a deal like this, and I just say, is this the deal that's worth your time? Because I'm telling you, it can suck up your time, this deal. And it's the margins are so skinny. The guy is – I like the fact that he's willing to do the owner financing. I'll, I'll tell you what. You know what this would hinge on? How long of a term would he give you? Because if he'll do a 30-year mortgage, you know, if he'll give you a $300,000 purchase price, but he'll amortize a 30-year mortgage at 3%, uh, over you know over 30 years, whatever payment that comes out to be, then this thing is gold. You know, then then yeah. you get you then you're talking, uh, and and plus he's taking nothing down. But if he wants to give you a two-year balloon, then you know I I would want at least a five-year balloon. This this would be worthy depending on the financing package, and that's how I that's what I was saying before. With the pretty house world, financing is where the value is. So if you you know if let's say here's the thing if you guys can ever go for an owner financing deal like this and you can get 30 years now this guy has an underlying mortgage so you're gonna somewhat be tied to whatever that underlying mortgage is but then right. if he if he would just essentially you know have you pay him off when you pay the 203 off uh, that'd be great so but the the key on these owner financing deals is there's some buyers who know they will never qualify self-employed people who know they will never say enough on their income taxes to justify how much house they can afford. And so if you can okay. offer a 30-year mortgage, no balloon, and at the end it's all paid off, uh, you know, and you'll never have to qualify, that's very attractive to some people. That's the, that's the, that's the plan. Uh, my, and the second question is, how would I go about uh, putting it under agreement uh, Okay, you know, gonna, combining combi can you hear me? Yeah, you're combining gonna write a fellow. standard purchase and sale contract. Guys, everything you buy owner financing and subject to, you just use the standard purchase and sale contract. And the main place you're just gonna worry about writing, all the other stuff is just, you know, oh I gotta remember to write thirty days to close. All the rest is just basic stuff. On section one is where you write all the numbers, and on section two B is where you write the terms. So there's where it says purchase money loan to uh, to seller, then you're going to write in you know whatever the whatever your purchase price is because you don't have to even write in a down payment, okay? So your entire uh, purchase price is going to be financed. So you're going to just write it in where it's the finance line, and then right under that the purchase price is going to be the bottom line in section one, and then in two B you're going to write out the terms, whatever the payments are. 
and you got that's what you got to figure out you know if the hopefully these payments on the underlying mortgage are pretty good and if they are you know like under normal rent value then you can basically try to negotiate where you're just making all of his payments on the underlying loan okay i'd rather you didn't have to pay him on that 97 of equity do you see what i'm saying so i don't want you to even mention that i want you to get the terms of his 203 what the payments are and say at one point in the conversation you say so the payments i'm going to make to you every month are going to be you know to cover this underlying loan it's going to be whatever it is you know 1450 a month and if he says okay to that that's what you're shooting for because that's going to be the lowest possible payment he's not going to let you pay him less than what he's paying out but uh, that's what you want to shoot for if he wants more than that and the rent rent scenario justified you can pay more than that but at least ask okay. to pay the least okay now if i'm if i'm going out and locate locating a funder to uh to take over that uh like act a deal uh and i'm using an attorney should i use an attorney to close that or should i use a a, a title agent you know if you have a good attorney it's always a good idea to use an attorney especially on these creative financing deals because if someone, especially if you're taking someone a, a, a halfway decent down payment, if you're taking 20000 of someone's money, it would be nice to have somebody sitting on your side of the table when they come back and say, hey, I didn't understand this and I want that money back. It doesn't happen that often. You're very clear about this, and if it's signed in an attorney's office, you greatly reduce the chances of having problems later. So we, would, you know, we strongly urge you to have stuff signed with your attorney. Okay. Okay, and and they can help you with the paperwork and all that, but uh, you know some of the stuff uh, it's a little tricky. But uh, you know if you you know I'm sure you're going to be able to figure it out. And uh, have you been to the Quick Start and all that, or where are you at in your education? Uh, cash flow system is 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 the main thing. I just ordered the course. I I I was with I joined Ron at like. in, in 2001, and things have changed. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, we'd so, love to have you uh, back. And, you know, Lynette and I are at every quick, uh, quick start real estate school, and pretty much everything else. And the summit now coming up in Orlando in February is uh, is a nice event where a lot of people who have known Ron for a long time are coming back, and it's pretty affordable. I think it's just a few hundred bucks. So you guys can check that out. Check out the Quick Start School. And uh, Lynette and I are there teaching, and Ron as well. So we get into these deal structuring uh, sessions during that whole event. So, well, this has been an awesome call. Uh, Thanks, Ariel. And and thank you for the great questions. Yeah, this has been an awesome call. Thanks, everybody. Yep, and so hopefully uh, Ron will ask us to do another one soon. And uh, we're usually on even when Ron's on. uh, A lot of times we'll, we'll be on as well to contribute. So. Hopefully we'll see you soon at some training or uh, talk to you soon on a call. Okay, bye for now.